Welcome to You Are Loved, a podcast with open conversations about healing after suicide and suicide prevention. Join me as we discuss how you can heal after losing a loved one to suicide. Discover how others found hope again in their moments of darkness and how you can truly scatter hope to those who need it most of all. When you do, you can save their life. I'm your host, Crystal Partney. I am a best-selling author, speaker, and suicide grief coach. Together, we can heal. Remember, you are loved. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode of the You Are Loved podcast. For more information about suicide prevention, be sure to check out owlandthistle.com. That's owl as see, in the bird. Stacey, <laughs> hi, and and if you're coping back. with the loss so of a loved one due to suicide, on we've been there too. And, and Crystal, it's so nice to see you too. I'm so glad that we were having a moment to be able to talk again. Yes, Please like and subscribe to this program mm-hmm. to stay current with all so of our episodes and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Owl and Thistle for Scattering. As always, remember, you are loved. Wonderful. Well, I'm Stacy with uh, Cypher Consulting and Coaching. And uh, basically, I help people be more than the challenges they face because a lot of times in life, we have a lot of challenges and we just don't know always how to face them. And um, I also do some content marketing on the side, you know, along with the coaching that I do. And then um, I also volunteer on some of the mental health groups that I have that are global, you know, and allowing other people to have a voice, you know, to have other people to give them the support that they may not be getting locally. Yes, that's actually one of the, we connected for the very first summit, right? That we did together, was it last year? Yes, yes. Yes. So and we actually just wrapped up the the summit in that happened on Valentine's Day with our theme of let love win and you joined me again. So thank you once again for coming on the summit and sharing your words of wisdom. I'm just truly grateful. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a wonderful opportunity to be able to spread awareness and eliminate the stigma so people are more able to talk freely about their feelings and of loss and being able to go forth and, you know, have it be a natural phenomenon as opposed to something that, you know, is a dirty little secret that we swipe underneath the table, which... That's, you know, and, and we're getting better, I think, as a society, um, being able to be more productive and speaking about it and looking for more resources, because I've been seeing a little bit of pieces of different podcasts here and there, you know, none that I completely follow than yours, but, you know, there there are people getting out there and talking about it, but not, not in the regard of how you're doing it, where you're actually taking it in, in healing steps where we're kind of taking them from the infancy of grief all the way into the healthy side of grief, where it's going to be with us. It's just a matter of using those coping skills along the way. So, you know, to me, you know, this has been a a wonderful, it's been a blessing, you know, God kind of gives us abilities and gifts and stuff like that. And I know that he's blessed you with, you know, your, your voice of being able to speak and being confident about, you know, the loss that you've had and knowing that you are there to help other people. So, you know, yay that, that you continue to bring the awareness out to the, to everybody that needs it. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing and saying that, Stacey. That just really warms my heart. And I I will say that I I don't do it alone. Like there's no, I, I discovered really early on that I wasn't alone in my own healing after my sister died, that I wasn't the only one grieving. And I most certainly didn't have to face that journey all by myself because had I believed that I had to face it by myself, it would have been more challenging and it would have felt even more heavy than it already did. So just acknowledging that I didn't have to do this alone. There were resources out there that some I had discovered fairly recently to be honest and others that I kind of just picked up as I go along so thank you so much for sharing that and and just thank you oh you're very welcome you know and I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where I had zero to little support and I had to muddle my way through the entire process myself and you know, it wasn't until um, I was, you know, my son was a little bit into, you know, grieving and we were both trying to figure things out. It wasn't until I was actually, it was at a school function and there was just a, a triggering spot, you know, where it just kind of made me think of, you know, how how my my husband then and, you know, my my son, you know, how they might've bonded through that. And it just kind of, you know, it was an overwhelming response and I wasn't sure how to deal with it. And there happened to be a very kind soul within the group of, you know, where we were watching the recitals and then playing and stuff. And, and she asked me if I was okay. And I said, I'm trying to be. And, you know, and I shared a little bit, you know, I wasn't too comfortable speaking about it because it was so new to me and I didn't have that support. So, you know, when she gave me some resources and people to reach out to that put it in my court to be able to say, okay, I am not okay. And I want to be okay. So how do I get there? And so she kind of led me to those steps and, and that, you know, if you think about it, um, you know, cause I was doing some research, you know, about, you know, suicide and, you know, how many people we lose. And, you know, they were saying that um, we lose somebody, according to the World Health Organization, that we lose somebody every 40 seconds. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's, and, and it's, and they didn't, I didn't like research like the age groups, because to me, you know, it's all. Right. It's all, a, all relative. It, it's, it, you, yeah. And, and I was kind of doing the math and I'm not the best at math, but, you know, for every one person that passes, at least the immediate family, there's 135 people that is affected by that loss. And, you know, when a person decides to, you know, to die by choice, you know, through, through the means of suicide, you know, it's impacted everybody and everybody deals with it differently. And if you're lucky enough to have that supportive family, you know, where they, they pull together and you're able to grieve individually or as a group, it's more helpful. But if you're like most families, which I'm sure you've had your share of that too, is that, you know, you seem well-adjusted and it's not that you're well-adjusted. You just know how to wear that mask a little bit better than the other person. And so that kind of, you know, puts yourself off there. So, you know, some of the things that I learned along the way in my own healing process is, you know, how to keep my batteries charged, you know, and, and what does that look like? You know, because grief for everybody is individual. It's, it's personal. And, you know, what may have worked for me or how it got me out of my, my situation would be, 
individualized as well. But there are some things that I'm sure all of us can share that can we can do that we can gain from that. And one of the things is like when you're charging your batteries on a healthy day, you know, kind of if if you had the luxury of, you know, not losing anybody prior to this thinking, but, you know, if, you know, kind of keeping, of course, you know, the gratitude journal isn't going to help you during this time. It didn't help me anyway, but recharging my batteries is like, what charges me? What motivates me? What makes me happy? What gives me, you know, the joy that I, you know, I, didn't I don't have now but what was the joy then and how can I find that and then looking at the other side of the spectrum what drains my battery you know what are what are the what is draining me and so when I put those two things together which one am I doing more of the things that drain me or the things that you know charge my battery and charging your battery can be as simple as taking a bath it can be just sitting in a bath you know because when you're depressed the last thing you want to do is just get up and do anything you know, and, and a bath can be seen like the most biggest task of all or getting dressed or anything that, you know, requires movement. And if taking a bath or a shower or, you know, using salts or whatever, you know, look at those things and say, okay, this is going to charge my battery for this moment. You may only get five minutes of charge. And that's one of the things that people forget to tell each other is like, whatever charges your battery for that moment, be it five minutes, 10 minutes or half a day, celebrate that because what isn't charging your battery, you can sit back and say, okay, you know, this day has been stressful. What is it that I can do to recharge myself? What is it on the don't list that I want to go to the do list? And you're not always consciously thinking of it, but it, having those reminders, be it sticky notes, be it balloons, you know, whatever is going to help you remind yourself of, you know, taking charge, you know, yes. you're the one being in charge of your battery and have that. And, you know, and like when you lose somebody, there isn't a how to or what to we you know people you know leave wills because they know that eventually they're going to pass and stuff like that but you know putting together and i get kind of passionate i'm sorry it's just cuz I, no, I know please, these things i love it <laughs> cuz these things help me and it's kind of like giving a person a, to, uh, a you know about me list is like this is what charges my battery this is what drains me this is what will help me and this is what won't motivate me at that point in time when i'm at this level so giving a person a map kind of like a, you know, a personal map of yourself, you know, and you can go as extensive and color code it, however you want to do it, or you can condense oh, it fun. down to, <laughs> Let's color yeah, it. it is fun. It is fun. And, but it allows that person that's trying to help you understand what is going to be helpful to you. And maybe it's a certain food, maybe it's uh, going out and getting you a water, or maybe it's going out and, and getting a flower or a plant or something that you can watch grow. So I think that, those types of things are helpful to leave to somebody. So that way, when they're coming in and checking on you instead of the meal train, maybe you maybe cooking for you is an outlet and having more people cook for you is draining you. It's like, oh, right. all this food, you know, so getting getting a list together that shows a person, hey, this is what I need. And if you want to, and during this time while you're doing the battery recharges and stuff like that, have a list of identifying, you know, what part of you that you're going to need to heal. Because we know it's the, we know that that person's not coming back. We know that that person is no longer going to be in our lives. It took a, a lifetime for us to get to know them and it's going to take a, li a lifetime to get through it. So if you identify what it is that you lost and how you can reincorporate that back into your life, maybe not necessarily with, you know, that person, 
but how can you incorporate it into your life? And what I mean by that is, you know, I miss going on walks or I miss going to the concerts. And so when you're doing those things, and if you have the money and stuff like that, let's say you're going to a concert, maybe gift it in that in that loved one's name, you know, maybe go buy an extra ticket and and then say, hey, I've got a free ticket in loving memory of, you know, and, and maybe donate it to, to a cause or whatever that is that's going to make you have remembrance of that person. Because hearing our family's life and their stories actually recharges us. So maybe it's donating a tree or buying a star, you know, those be as creative or as, but be thoughtful about it. And if um, you're missing something, because we're all going to miss, miss something about that person, what tradition? did that person bring into your life that you feel that you're going to miss and how can you recreate it so you can eventually celebrate it doesn't mean that i'm going to go and do all the traditions in in one in the, the year of their passing that because that's unheard of i mean people can do it you try to do it but there's so much grief and heaviness during that time so some people, you know, take a few years, but, you know, just keep in the back of your mind, what is it that you want to bring back into your life that brought you the joy of that portion, you know, and, and being able to, to walk through it. And the other thing I was thinking of too, is, um, I know this happened to me and I'm sure this happened to you, but when you're grieving, you have a whole different set of problems that comes with coping. Because everything that, let's say the anxiety, because, you know, I, I have anxiety myself and, but what my, during my grieving, my anxieties look different. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was completely different. I had it and, and it wasn't that I had anxiety being in a, in a, you know, full of people. I had anxiety of what they're going to ask me. What are they right. going to, what How are they going to respond to this? What do I say if they ask, you know, this the question like where's your spouse or or in this case like you know it's different because it was my sister but still they're Same going thing. to ask questions and yeah it's so having it's that that plan in place if you will even if it's just this if this comes up this is how I want to respond today right Perfect. Perfect example is because it doesn't have to be going forward. It just today or this function, this moment, it, you perfectly said. And because, you know, people are going to ask you, do you have any siblings? And that brings up, that brings up a wealth of tears, you know? And like you said, you know, do you have any children that, that brings up a wealth of tears. I mean, you have a plethora of feelings that are going to happen during that time. So just kind of rethinking your coping skills and what strategies you're going to need during that time. You may not know it's all going to be a learning process, but for me, it was the anxiety of the questions and mm -hmm. it took, it took me a quite a bit of time. How am I going to, am I going to just be numb about it? Am I going to do this? And I've got to the point now where I'm very conversational about it. If somebody asks, then I, then I just, you know, curtly, and I don't curtly, but depends on the person, you know, it depends on how they ask. But um, I, if they ask me, you know, about my past or whatever, you know, I, I pick and choose how I'm going to respond to it because they don't need to know everything about me, but they do need to know, you know what it is that they answer, answer the question. So if they say, oh, do you have any children? Is this your first or second marriage? You know, and I would say, oh, it's my second marriage. My first husband died by suicide. 
And, and I ask them, I reverse it back to them. So what about you? And then I start asking about questions so to kind of revert the attention off of me because I don't want to go relive that. And I think that this would be helpful for people listening out there that are trying to support a loved one is that we don't always want to be asked questions constantly about the past. Let us share. Let us be the first to share and let us share the memories that we want to share. So that way we can eventually get to the, those hurtful, those hurtful shares. And that may not be right away. And as they say, you know, healing is different for everyone. As you know, I could, I could cut myself today and you could heal faster than me. I mean, we all have a different way of healing and processing. So I, I don't think that there's going to be a tried and true way. It's just, we just have to go through moment to moment to move forward but if we can move forward. So, I mean, that's one of the things that we're going to be able to do is like, look at our friendships, you know, um, with your sister that you lost. Um, I'm sure there's different relationships you both had with the same person. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so how do you, and you know, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, with me, I know how it was with, with my uh, past husband, you know, dealing with his friends, you know, but ha have you found yourself having you know, kind of awkward conversations with them? Or is it a little bit easier because of, of them knowing your sister as well as they did? It's still awkward. It, it doesn't, <laughs> I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's still kind of awkward because you're still, there's no roadmap for these sorts of things. And you, you want to be honest and you want to be vulnerable and share but I will say that you know the people that you're sharing with, if they're going to be like receptive and really open to you and how you're truly feeling, like you were said earlier, a mask. And I will say at times it's easier and depending on who I'm with, I may say like, I can't think of an example right now, but where like you were sharing with the people that would ask about your husband, you would turn the reverse the conversation so that it wasn't, didn't lead to more questions. And if it did, you had a, I, I would say like a game plan in place so that you could prepare and say, okay, well, you know, for right now, today in this, in this moment, I'm going to say this, if they want to continue. And I think majority of the people will respect your wishes and respect you enough as a person to, if you're not wanting to talk about it, you can just politely say, you know, like you shared earlier, I just, you know, what about you? Tell me more about you. Then they would politely respect that. And if they're not going to, uh, I will be honest, there's been times when I have shared about my sister and people ask me, you know, Crystal, what do you do for work? And, and I share, I'm a suicide grief coach and the, I either get one of two reactions, Stacey, I either get, wow, that's so incredible or, Ooh, that's really hard. And like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> So, well, they're right on both sides. They're, it's incredible. And it's hard at the same time, because I know that with you, you're you're having to relive some of the issues that you, you dealt with and that you still continue to deal with. So 
It is incredible, amazing, but it is also emotionally hard. So I think that that they should have used the phrase that's emotionally hard because it's not really hard. It's just emotionally hard. Right, right. So exactly. In in their defense and in their reasoning, it was it was like, oh geez, that's really hard, you know, in a in a negative kind of way. And I I understand it wasn't meant to be the mean spirited or anything like that. So Yes, thank you for sharing that, Stacey. Well, you're you're very welcome. And you know, and that kind of leads to like how do people support you? Because, you know, and how do they ask the questions and stuff like that? Because I know that one some people would approach me like I, I'm really not sure what to ask you. You know, I know I should be asking you something, but I really I don't know how to help you because that's what I would get a lot of times because they would see me sad and because they know I'm a very happy person. And they're like, well, I, I really don't know how to help you. And that to me is a sign that saying that my grief is overwhelming them. And, and, like, then, and that. I was it, just going to say, Stacey, though, I, I just want to applaud them because it takes a lot of courage to say, I don't know how to support you right now. How can I support you? So just having them be honest and say, I don't know how to support you. I just. I wanted to pause there and I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just oh, no, like, no, that's oh my perfect. gosh, that's amazing for just somebody to be like honest and raw and say, look, I don't know how to support you, Stacey. How can I support you? That in yeah, itself is it's like, a genuine, it's genuine. Mm-hmm. It's genuine. And, you know, and, and a lot of times I'll tell them in the back and I'll say it the same raw way. I don't know how you can help me. And I said, so tell me something good. Because then that way, it gives them an opportunity to to switch their focus because I know they want to help me, but if they tell me something good, that is going to help me. Mm-hmm. And, and if they say, oh, cause I I've gotten this before they get confused. Like, what do you mean? Tell you something good. And I'm like, what happened good in your day? What is good about today? What is good earlier today? Or what are you looking forward to? That is good. Something that's positive in your life. Tell me something positive, you know, and you, you get kind of, uh, um, a measure of different responses right I can, I can imagine they're like wait a minute what <laughs> but I it, but I do explain to them is that you know you realize that that you're asking me you don't know how to help me and I'm giving you a sign I said that's kind of my sign and you know I I'm very vocal I like to explain things and so if they don't understand I'll say I'm I'm just trying to help you help me and this is what I think I need and I said so let's just have that conversation and so they do, they start, it, it, it does change. And sometimes we'll joke about it, you know, it, it, but it it breaks the ice. And that's what we need to do is just break that ice, break that mold. So that way you're not feeling so stuck in the side, this rubber bouncy ball that's just, you know, bouncing out of control all over the place. <laughs> because that's, that's kind of how you feel is like you're vibrating within the side of this ball and until somebody comes and you're like, yay, and but you don't want to explode. You just want to have a slow, steady bounce. And so telling somebody, you know, hey, tell me something good is usually an easier response instead of trying to brainstorm right then and there with that person, how they can help you because it's you, you can't, you're not in that mindset. Right. But, you know, um, but then another thing that a friend could do though is, you know, it, it is asking something. Here's one of the things that I wish I would have been asked because I think it would have been easier for me to do is when somebody said, hey, I've noticed that you've been really sad lately and it seems like you're not, you're kind of struggling. You know, I'm here to listen and would you like me to go with you to a support group? 
you know, for someone that's, a, you know, lost one, because going by yourself is scary. You know, some, even if you are an outgoing person, woohoo, you know, but support groups about grief, you know, that's not woohoo. You're like, oh, I'm going to deal with my feelings all by myself. So one of the most helpful things you can do is if the person's, you know, if the person is showing a lot of signs of depression, anxiety, and stuff like that, offer that assistance. And if they say, no, those things aren't for me and just say, well, would you like to have a one-on-one support group where I listen and you just kind of, you know, vent or cry or, and we hug it out because I think that a lot of us want to solve people's problems and it's not there for you to solve. It's for you there to comfort, to care, and to show the compassion that that person needs. That's, that's my thinking anyway. I don't know if that's how it would work for you, but that's how it would work for me is because, you know, I'm a touchy feely person. I require that. I require some type of showing of love and, you know, whether it be a handshake, a smile, or, you know, an outright hug, it just depends, you know, and of course there's some days where I'm like, no, don't touch me. (laughs) Waving is fine. (laughs) I think we all have those types of moments. Right. And to your point, Susie, everybody's different. Everybody's unique in that way and how they want to receive love. And that could be through a hug. That could be through, you know, like you said, a a joke, even tell me something positive, tell me something a little bit funny, because that'll help boost my mood in a more, more positive light, especially when you're feeling really down. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. What are some more, I just want to camp here for a bit because I know so many people have asked me and, and so oftentimes they're like, how, how can I support you? And it, it really is this loaded question where it's like, Holly, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know in that moment. And so I, I just want to emphasize, at least it was for me to just be bold and say, I don't know. So even if it's, I don't know, that's, that's okay. You don't need to, you know, have all the answers and know everything because that's exhausting. And I want to give you that, that grace and that ease to, to understand that you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have this tried and true like this is how I'm going to process this today and being able to ebb and flow with your grief and with your own journey towards healing is is vital well just like there's many ways to bake a cake you know everybody has their own recipe that works very well for them some of them have ingredients that because they're sensitive to certain products it's the same with grief it is it is a cake because there's so many ingredients that goes into grief. There's so many reasons why certain things can't go together and why certain things will not taste great together, depending on what kind of cake you're baking. So to me, you know, grief is kind of, it, it is a recipe that is all individual. It's going to be according to what you can handle and, you know, what you can, what you can muster that day. Because, I mean, it, it could be the, the smallest thing that you can muster up in the morning is opening up your eyes, looking around and saying, maybe tomorrow, you know, and allow yourself, because I know a lot of people put high expectations on themselves because they compare and you, you should never compare your grief to another person's grief because, you know, your shoes are your shoes, that they're not one size fits all. Everybody has an individual path to walk. Everybody has an individual 
you know, purpose. And so to, to try and put your grief into the same amount to compare, it's unimaginable because, you know, to me, you lose whomever you lose is individual and they're all priceless. So instead of trying to, like you said, you know, solve all the, uh, solve all their problems, just listen, tell them you don't know all the answers and there are no, there are no wrong answers. I mean, well, there are some wrong answers, but there, right. there are the majority of the time, majority of the time, there isn't a wrong or right way to do anything. It's just a matter of fact finding and knowing yourself. And, and be bold, like you said, be bold. If somebody says, I don't know how to help you. And you say, I don't know, I don't know either. And they walk away. That's just their cute. That's your cue to let you know that they're helping you because of the fact that maybe what they would have shared with you wouldn't have helped you. Right. Maybe, may have made it they're worse. They're doing you a favor by, by saying, okay. And then just walking away. Right. And I know Although that we've it has, talked. It does hurt in that moment. I will be transparent. It's not, doesn't feel good. Of course, oh, gosh, no, but knowing, it, it, like, it's like okay. being kicked. Yeah. But like you said, knowing that what they could have potentially shared would have been even more painful and hurtful to say, okay, this, you know, think of it as, a, think of it as a gift to say, okay, this, this probably was better that this person just, just walked away. <laughs> and or didn't say anything or even if they say something heartful and mean that again it's being able to recognize and say I don't have to take on that story I don't have to take that on okay like that's I just want to remind you and be emphasis bring some emphasis that you giving yourself love really has everything to do with you and the love that you need and you deserve in that moment and it's again it's crucial that you are able to just say okay that wasn't how I received that wasn't the reaction I expected but that's okay let's continue to show up for me and support me in the ways that I need to feel loved Exactly. Because some people that may not know how to help you is because maybe they're going through their own grief and they don't know how to even help themselves. So, so maybe both of you at meeting at that time isn't going to help one another because maybe they know enough to like, hey, I, I want to help them, but I don't know how because I'm going through my own grief, but they don't want to share that and add to yours. Mm -hmm. And so we just need to keep that in the back of our mind. We never know what that person is going through either. So we just have to give a little bit of forgiveness and a little compassion and a little bit of kindness not only to ourselves, but to others that may not be able to help us. And so, you know, it, it's to me, every moment is different and you just kind of have to play it through ear and you're going to make mistakes and that's okay because we are more than the challenges we face and we will always be more. We just have to remember that we're, we matter, we are worthy and we are enough. Well, very well said. I think that is a good note to wrap our conversation up. Stacey, how can people find you? Because I know they're going to want to and to connect with you. Wonderful. Well, um, I am at vibeyourfrequency.com. I am also on Facebook. I have Cypher Consulting and Coaching. I'm on TikTok. 
and I'm on Instagram. And so you can DM me, you can email me, you can visit my website, whatever is most comfortable, or you can go to um, a couple of our groups where we have depression, anxiety group, peer support group is what that one is, Amos by Hope. And uh, we have Collecting Smiles for Hope. So there's several ways to, to be able to get a hold of me. Well, I will be sure to put that in this episode's show notes. Stacey, once again, I am so grateful for our friendship and I just truly, truly grateful that you are are back, back with me again, sharing your words oh, of too. wisdom and your heart. Me too. Thank you so much. I, I really enjoy our conversations because we get to be able to be raw and, you know, just share information. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing and allowing me to. I really appreciate it. You're beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode of the You Are Loved podcast. For more information about suicide prevention, be sure to check out owlandthistle.com. That's owl as in the bird. Hoo-hoo. And if you're coping with the loss of a loved one due to suicide, we've been there too. And for more information, check out our sister company found at scatteringhope.com. Please like and subscribe to this program to stay current with all of our episodes and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Owl and Thistle for Scattering Hope. As always, remember, you are loved.